In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Police Academy, and I'm now sitting here with Paul Lair and Cameron Scholl, and we're going to talk about it for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys for, for being guests on the show. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. My pleasure. So, Paul, you'd seen this movie before. Yes, I'm very uh, well-versed in the Police Academy franchise. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I don't know. I think they just played on uh, cable television a lot when I was growing up. <laughs> really? So... I didn't really go out a lot or anything when I was a kid. I just kind of stayed home and watched TV on Saturdays and Sundays. Good man. Yeah. But Cam, you'd never seen this movie. Never. Uh, I saw Citizens on Patrol, which I've been told is the fourth movie. Um, it is? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw that on vacation once as a kid in the hotel room, and that was my depth of police academy knowledge. Wait, you were on vacation? Yeah somewhere other than where you live yeah. and instead of going out you stayed inside at the hotel and watched well i, I mean there's it, always downtime yeah. when you're on a vacation we, we were in the middle of a family road trip up oh, from okay. florida to pennsylvania and then michigan so we were in like south carolina and it was like well it's 10 in the morning let's uh let's watch tv and then we'll pack it up and take showers and drive yeah fair so it was just on tv in the morning while people were doing like he, not like they went to, yeah. there. to watch. You guys want to stay in and watch Police Academy 4? I was an awful kid one family vacation. Um, we were in Montreal to go skiing with like my family that lived in Canada. And I had a, like, I had a cold and I just was not into it. And instead of going out and going skiing, I just like stayed inside and played Pokemon Emerald. Yeah, sounds like my brother. <laughs> we never went on a ski trip again. We uh, one time we went on a cruise to from Miami to uh, Cozumel, Mexico, and there was a stop in Key West along the way. Yeah, and my brother didn't get out, didn't leave the ship. He was like, "I'm gonna, st- I want to stay and play video games." And my dad was so mad at him. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so what did you think, Cam? Um. I think that if that movie were written and uh, came out today, it would probably not be a comedy based on the amount of, like, racial tension and police and riot tension and everything. Yeah. No, it could, you could totally still do it as a comedy. We don't need to make fucking, you know... That... Police Academy. Yeah. Well, not, well, well, what, you you want Okay, so is your pitch for this a gritty reboot? <laughs> no, I'm not saying I would want to do that. I'm just saying, like, based on a lot of it. Because, like, uh... Um, Certainly the tone um, would have to be a little bit different. Yeah, Moses Hightower. Big dude. At the end of the movie, he's, like, the second most important character in the movie. All he is is just, like, the silent, large, black teddy bear. That is his role in this movie. He's just the intimidating black guy that scares the racists. He um, also might be my favorite character. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I'm actually, uh, what concerns me more about the movie is how it's done through the male gaze. I'm actually more concerned with the way women are treated in the movie than I am. At least, like, uh, the black characters in Police Academy, like, can, like, stand on their own feet and be involved with anything other than, like, 
sex objects. Yeah. Whereas the women in the movie are all, like, there's the Kim Cattrall character. I guess Hooks is the only one, but even then, it's just like she gets called, um, and there was like. When there's like a racist moment yeah. and then Hightower comes to like stick up for her. Yeah, I mean, that's why Ra- Hightower got kicked off the force. Because <laughs> of racism. Cause for of... retaliating against racism. Yeah. He wasn't being racist. No. He didn't say a word. He just was like, you don't treat people this way. I don't know. The amount of times while we were watching it where everyone just went, damn. Like, well, there was that like, oh, one... we, don't, we don't say those words anymore. Well, there was the yeah. Pearl Harbor line. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so messed up. Okay, so <laughs> the character who is described on Wikipedia as the ladies' man mm-hmm. is trying to pick up um, a woman of some Asian descent. We don't know which one. It doesn't matter. Mid-riot. Mid-riot. He's carrying a television, and he was walking over to this lady. Or he's walking with this lady, and he says something along the lines of, you know, my grandfather was at Pearl Harbor. You know, maybe your ancestors were involved there, too. Uh, and it was just like, oh, my God. Just assuming that anybody of Asian descent had something to do with Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it was messed up. This is actually the second time I saw this movie. The first, because I bought these DVDs because last year or the year before. You lost a bet? No. Um, I, For the, uh, you know, those... Uh, writer fellowships for all the mm-hmm. different studios mm-hmm. where they you need to write a, a spec episode of something. Yeah. I was going to write a spec episode of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine ah. and I wanted to do it with an overlay of Police Academy. Like the oh, cool. People go back and do Police Academy. It's a, it's a fun episode. Yeah, I like that yeah. idea. And so I called it uh, Police Academy Nine-Nine because that was nice. <laughs> ah, yeah. nice and clever. <laughs> that's really good. But that was what I did. And so that that's why I'd seen this movie once before. I bought the DVD case that, like, that comes with the first four. I've only watched the first uh, one, and I've only the watched box it set. once. I was looking at it. Yeah. Head. There's a whole box set available, man. <laughs> all of them? All seven oh, movies. Oh, boy. What, what really threw me off was that it wasn't linear in any way. Like, the plot. Well, there's not really much of a plot. There's no through exactly. line. There's exactly. No through line, I was expecting really. it to be, you know, that stereotypical 80s comedy where it's like, Oh, we gotta do this in time for the big bake sale. Well, or here's whatever. the thing. I think that's 80s television because 80s movies are a lot like this Animal House, uh, Caddyshack. Mm. There's no real through line in those movies until like the very end. But that's yeah, true. still true of some comedies now where it kind of just feels like a series of sketches. And yeah, that's yeah. definitely what that one was. And then the third act is where it's like, now we have a villain. Yeah. Well, I mean, the villain who's credited as main bad guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Between main bad guy and you described one of the previous characters as ladies man, it's like he's one of the main characters. Well, he, he doesn't a have a name. He, he has, has a, a name. name. I just it's didn't George remember. George Martin. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, he's on sure. the fucking yeah. sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But I mean, like, none of those characters were of any consequence except Steve Gutenberg and uh, Moses Hightower. Mm-hmm. That's true. Really, no like, one of any consequence. And was, honestly, and then kind of were, hooks maybe. Eh, hooks. Yes. Hooks is, and I don't. We'll get to this. So let's do a brief recap of the movie, just because there might be people listening who've never seen this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the police academy's hiring. Yep. Yep. And, and a bunch of fucking dweebs and misfits. Well, the mayor made it so that there could be no restrictions on hiring for the police academy. The so new lady mayor. New lady mayor. That's important Is because that of what sexism. They label her as the lady mayor. They say that. The, That's what the, the the bad chief of police. Yeah, chief of police uh, is boy. like. 
this lady mayor's coming in here. It used to be Johnson's, as far as the eye could see. Oh, yeah. yeah. He says everyone used to be the right weight, the right height, the right color. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For and, then, and the new decree is that line. anyone, regardless of any previous whatever or yeah. who you are, you can join the police academy. You're in. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of lazy how they just did a, a crawl over that. It's like, oh, the mayor said this thing, and then it was pandemonium. Now mm-hmm. here's the aftermath. I bought it. it. Yeah, I bought it. Well, it was fine, but I mean, like, maybe show us, like, people in a large line. You know, like, someone with a fucking <laughs> walker trying to be a cop. I mean, the, these got, were those people. These were those people. These were the okay. craziest people that writers could come up with. I don't know. I, the, the way the movie is laid out doesn't hold up well with time, I don't feel. <laughs> Just because it's kind of like, hey, you can have fun, bring, you know, some popcorns, too many boobs to bring the kids, but, you know, your, your eight-year-olds will have fun, huh? This movie huh? had a lot of boobs. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Does Kim uh, Cattrall's character, like, even say anything at any point? She, she, she talks a few times. She tells him to. She tells her snooty rich mom that she'll be okay, and then tells Steve Gutenberg not to look at her thighs or something. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. And then she asks him to go on a walk. Damn, pivotal character. <laughs> she'll be good in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. great. I'm glad she could bring that to the table. Basically, what happens is uh, Steve Gutenberg's character, uh, Carrie Mahoney. <laughs> Gets caught going to jail be- instead of just being fired. I don't know why he was being arrested for having parked some asshole's car in a weird way. Destruction of property. Eh, all right, he broke some sure. other guy's window. Um, and he uh, has the option of either going to jail or going to the police academy. But he can't quit because otherwise he'll go right to jail. Anyway, now he's in police academy and let's watch some zany antics. But when he's in jail, he meets... Jones. Jones. Larvel Jones. And Larvel Jones is this amazing sound effect guy who's, I think, the lasting legacy of this movie oh, yeah. is He's Larvel Jones. He's oh, yeah. Yeah, Michael Winslow's career. Yeah. I think him and Lieutenant Harris are in all the movies. That makes sense. Mm. And I really know him as the guy from Police Academy who also got to be in Spaceballs. If those are the only two things you're known for, that's a pretty... Uh pretty prominent legacy to have well if even when i was do anything else. going through the imdb page like the the guy this movie is known for is way down on the yeah well i mean honestly after watching it i completely understand i'm sure he got a higher billing as the franchise and oh I'm, yeah I'm, I'm sure with each movie he got you know a line at least well, I'm sure with each, like, I'm sure they didn't realize how big a thing, like, I'm sure he was just a joke in the first one, and then they were like, people love this guy! Let's put yeah. him in more! Yeah. And, Paul, you've seen the sequels, is that true? Yeah, I mean, he becomes one of the more, like, hero characters yeah. in the movies. Using his sound effects to save the day? Yeah, and it's like, it's pretty much like, the core stays intact, where it's like, Mahoney, Jones, Tackleberry, and Hightower. Yeah. Wait, Hightower's in all of them, too? No, not all of them. Okay. There's like the first four, I think they're all in it. And then Gutenberg dipped out. And then, but uh, Jones and Harris stuck through all the movies. <laughs> Great. So, the, I mean, the basic concept of the movie is that uh, Harris wants to get these people who don't represent what he thinks a police academy should be to quit. He doesn't want, he can't fire them. He, they have to quit or something. And it's just them going back and forth being managing to become good police yep. people despite him being a shitty human being yeah the first two acts in the movie are just like quit no it's just training 
Montages. Yeah, it's just it, 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 Tra- just training a, montages and jokes and sexism. That's all that. Is. Well, not even that. It's just a lot of pranking these other two guys who are there because they're also volunteering, but get singled out to like have some sort of like wacky role because they're the tall white blonde people, yeah. and so therefore mm. uh, they get to be like the the the, bat, the, yeah. the the enforcers. Yeah, which I think would be really funny if like. If one of them had gotten approached, be like, "All right, you guys are going to be my guys on the inside." Okay, hey, this guy's being a real asshole. Yeah, just one of them's like, "Hey, you guys want to go get a beer?" The dude thinks dude's super racist. Anyway, you guys seem cool. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, they get singled out. It's all just like childish pranks back and forth, but they all have very like homophobic, like oh, strong yeah. homophobic overtones. Just <laughs> like ah. <laughs> We send him to a gay bar. Ah, he'll enjoy dancing the night away with the leather daddies. Who yeah. are, like, super, like, forceful. Yeah. He's kind of like, no, you walked in the door here. You're staying here. I need to dance tonight. I'm sure that's happened in other movies, too. Just like, oh, we're going to be having a party. Let's send the people that we don't want to a gay bar. And then they're just going to be stuck there because those gay people sure won't let random <laughs> strangers who don't want to be there leave. The only two dudes that walked in wearing polos and not, you know... A fucking uh, bondage attire yeah it's like oh those guys gotta keep them in here yeah we t- these are the types we definitely want around here guys who look confused and scared yep they really uh contribute to the whole atmosphere <laughs> we're trying to do so before we actually get into our characters how would you guys redo this movie like because theoretically this movie is getting remade they're redoing this movie like i pulled yeah. this from a list of mo- upcoming movies that will be remade I think you run it like The Replacements, kind of in a way. There was a movie about like a team going on strike, and so they just had to replace the players to finish out the season. I think like the police force goes on strike because of, I don't know, wages and stuff yeah. like that. And so they need new, they basically need temporary cops to uphold the law in, in the scrim, uh, nondescript town USA uh, yeah. during the police strike. You could also go just full other way, and you could just say, in light of recent events of absolute bigotry and awfulness, half the police force was fired. Yeah. And so yeah, now we're just willing to I accept anyone because we want to, like, recreate this as not this weird elite set of bullies. Inclusion. Inclusion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I like that. I like that better. Let's do that. They have to go through retraining. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with, like, the old school people who are, like, doing the training are like... Eh, yeah, I mean, we get it that those guys should be fired, but let's not go too far. Yeah, and yeah. Still trying to make them quit. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then I think there should be more of a villain in like the first. So it's like you know that we kind of like intersplice it. Like every time I like we follow the recruits to the police academy, but there's also like a, a new like crime lord on the rise that I think that we should cut to. It's taking then, advantage of the fact that half the police force was fired. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. he's capitalizing. He's making his drug deals. He's, you know. See what I'm saying? This is immediately becoming much less of an 80s slapstick comedy because yeah. it, it, it's a better movie than they made. The The general concept could be made much better than what Absolutely. actually happened. But, I mean, the, the a lot of comedies, like, the concept's not funny, it's just the way that it's Oh, no, no, I'm not saying it wouldn't be a comedy, I'm just saying it's already gotten, like, more serious than we're, like... Well, well I think it's more serious, I'm just, I want to create a villain in the beginning, so that way... It, an actual it, reason? Well, 
but two things time, separately building. Yeah, and then when yeah. they meet in the third act, it's not like this guy came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> like the actual movie, yeah. like in the actual yeah. movie, like the uh, uh, Wingus and Dingus. Uh, Copeland and Blanks are just walking along <laughs> and just have their guns stolen by a crazy guy. A fucking yeah. hole in the fence. Yeah, because they don't have like porcelain. But I think that's an interesting idea, especially. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah. I, I think that's clever, Paul. Thank you. Cool. So then, with that in mind, I mean, all the a lot of the jokes have to be redone because a lot of them are based off of. Hey, let's. You're a woman, huh? You're a... You got a set of legs, don't you? Yeah. Or gay people. Sure don't want to be one of those. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he literally has the line, um, Steve Gutenberg, when Hightower wakes him up because ne- he doesn't know how to drive and he has to do a driving test in the morning, Steve, Steve Gutenberg's throwaway line is, well, sleep is for F-words. Sleep is for fags, is what he's Yeah, which is... All of us reacted yeah. like, whoa, yeah. what a weird thing to all of a sudden say. Yeah, and it's not like that's a known expression or anything. It's definitely not. <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, you know, time and place, I would get it if that was an expression that people said, mm-hmm. but that was just so out of left field. I was like, did he say that? Did he? Like, I heard you guys react, and I was like, wait, what did he say? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you thought he said uh, sleep is for... FedEx. FedEx. Yeah, FedEx. You heard FedEx. Yeah, and I was like, FedEx? What the fuck is he talking about? I thought that's the opposite. But to your point, like, it is a different, heavier concept because the needs of... this It's like 30 years later, the needs for a comedy now are a lot different than the needs for a comedy in the 80s. Yeah. 80s is all about what? Well, I sure don't want to think about all this Vietnam that's happening. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> this Cold War sure isn't fun. Yeah. I want zany antics to distract me. Uh, you know what's not a Russian destroying my entire family? A uh, fucking gopher on a golf course. Let's watch that for a few hours, huh? Yep. Uh, and then now, a lot of our big, pol- uh, like, a lot of people who are taking big political swings at government are comedians. Yeah. <laughs> what we've come to expect in a deeply tragic way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, I mean, that's kind of what we want for this movie. We want it to be... We want it to be political because that's what the subject matter is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can definitely touch on some of those things, just definitely in a different way than, you know, one of uh, Heckle and Jekyll yelling at Hooks, calling her a racist term, and then having the large black man flip the car as was in the original movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's the only reaction anyone gives. And the the second henchman, after he says it, I love, they just show him in the background just whistling as he walks away. Like, <laughs> is yeah, that what happened? Not, yeah. You, you mentioned that when we were watching the movie, and I was like, is that what just happened? I was busy watching <laughs> Hightower. I was like, oh yeah. no. As he's making his way through the crowd, the other guy just like puts his hand behind his back and starts oh. whistling as he struts off stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get not gonna be the, uh, for this one. The blonde guy who was in the car that got flipped was also the car that they stole to do the driving test, and... Paul, you put it, I was like, just a random Confederate flag on it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so weird. Okay, so then let's talk about uh, our recasting. Alright. I mean, I printed out this list for you and then I forgot a bunch of people, so... But let's start at the top of the list. I mean, Carrie Mahoney's kind of our linchpin. Who did you guys have for, for that? I, uh, I put down two uh, possibilities. Um, some of my choices were based on just, like, actors... Uh, reminded me of other actors. So in that case, for Carrie Mahoney, uh, Steve Gutenberg's character, I had Adam Scott. I can or, see that. Um, or Donald Glover. 
Oh, Donald Glover's good. Donald Glover's always good, and I swear, every single podcast we've ever done, yeah. he's been recommended for somebody. <laughs> every time. Because he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Well, I... It's so I went with someone not known for their comedy, but they're, okay. really, but they're really hot right now, and I oh feel boy. like they could put up, do a really good job. I chose Academy Award nominee Daniel Kaluuya. Okay. Remind me who that from is. From Get Out. Oh. And Black Panther. He'd probably be great. I think he'd be a great in that Steve Gutenberg. I mean, he's a great actor. Mahoney. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like he can do comedy, man. If you just can really you know? give him. I mean, just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean you can't do it, you know? True. There's plenty of precedent of, like, guys not known for comedy, like Jason Statham, and then you put him in the movie Spy, and he kills he the role. kills it. And they're hilarious. Well, there's... I think that's because people know him as, like, a deadpan action actor, so it's a lot of it is, like, the contradiction of that that people laugh at. But whole, I see what you're saying. The naked gun philosophy? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's another one. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. No, he wasn't known for comedy. Oh my god. I, as we were watching it, when it got to Commandant Lassard, mm-hmm. the kind of just bumbling guy in charge, the whole time we were watching it, I was like, this was made. This was made for Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, it this absolutely was. made was. for him. It might have been written for him. Probably was. Well, the interesting thing is that, again, when I was reading Wikipedia, it said, uh, well, the chief of police and Lieutenant Harris... Definitely want to uh, to get rid of all of the the riffraff, mm-hmm. uh, but command commander uh, Hurst, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, is is not as convinced and wants to keep them there. And I didn't see that in no. the movie at all. No, Commander Hurst was the chief of police, right? Yeah, he's he's in it at the beginning. Oh, Com- Commandant Lassard. Oh, shoot. Well, Commandant Lassard is kind of the bumbling guy, the yeah. Leslie Nielsen character. Then I and then, wrote things down wrong. <laughs> and then Henry Hurst is um, the guy who seems like he's going to be much more important to the plot. That just kind of disappears. He's the beginning and the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he, his, his, and the end of the movie is he's just angrily walking down while some lady's talking to him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yeah, so the Wikipedia page said that uh, the, the commandant was supposed to be like supportive and there for them. And he just wasn't. He was just a, oh, a prop just... for comedic purposes. Whose fish was that? His, His friend. friend. <laughs> he said it. I love that. That was one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. That might like, be oh, the is best... that your fish? No, no. it's my friend. <laughs> that might be the best line in the movie. It is. It's so weird. Watching a fish for a friend. Yeah. As one does. <laughs> and that fish is in there the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, my Carrie Mahoney, because uh, Steve Gutenberg kind of has this whole, like, I'm commenting on this thing. I'm not taking it seriously, but I'm definitely experiencing it. But I still kind of am bringing this group of misfits together. So Joel McHale, uh, uh, he was yeah. the he was the third guy I was thinking of. Yeah. It's like that is kind of community ish, kind of that. Which is, I mean, Joel McHale's like the one for one on the nose casting. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's like if it were to go in front of a bunch of casting directors now, guaranteed that's who they'd pick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, which is why that might be right. It might be wrong. So. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Joe McHale is definitely the yeah, best. He sounds like it. Because as much as I like Adam Scott, I feel like Joel McHale would be more likely like given that role. Yeah, I like Joe McHale for it better. The other thought I had, but uh, I was also considering this person for a different role, Chris Pratt. I had have, I have Chris Pratt somewhere. Oh, I'd originally had him for one of the, uh, uh, for Copeland or Blanks, but then I changed my mind. Mm. Uh, but I like Chris Pratt. 
Honorable um, mention. That said, I just saw Infinity Wars and I didn't like him in Infinity Wars. There, I said it. Oh shit! I, I haven't seen, seen it. it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fine. Everything's fine. I'm not going to say anything else about that movie. This podcast is coming out in like two weeks, so by that time you'll have seen it. But for right now, you have it. I'll insert my it. opinion here. Yeah. I want to talk about that movie a lot. Um, okay, so then let's go with Joel McHale. Okay. Cool. Then uh, I guess the next big name for the movie is, uh, I mean, we could go down my list, but let's jump to uh, Larvel Jones. Okay. Okay, yeah. Because that's also, I mean, even though he doesn't have a huge role and doesn't do all that much in his movie and just kind of like goes where people tell him like, hey, I met this random guy in jail. He wants to bring me to police academy. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's... An- <laughs> My best friend. I guess. And then random sound effects sketches after that. That's so funny. who did you have for random sound effects guy? Well, I don't know someone who can do sound effects like that, so I went in well, two different directions for it okay. as something different. Um, like, if we wanted to do, instead of sound effects, impressions, then I went with James Adomian. Okay. Because he's just great at impressions. Okay. Um, but if we wanted to go with him just being an odd character, because that's... Like, he does the impressions, but the rest of his character is just being some weird fucking guy doing impressions in the corner, right? Yeah. So it's like, if we want to go for someone who's, like, legitimately weird and could do weird, Lakeith Stanfield is weird. Like, what, what has he done? I'm not familiar uh, with him. He's also he, in Get Out. Yeah, he's, um... Have you seen the show Atlanta? I haven't. In Get Out, he's list. the guy who gets kidnapped, and then he's like shows up at the party. And uh, he, he's the guy who says get. "Get Out." Yeah, yeah, right. He says the he, title. He in real <laughs> life is a very odd guy. Like I've read an interview that he had, and it was very much just kind of like, "Oh, were we always here?" Times a flat circle, just kind of like that kind of oh, personality. Man. Got so, it. I don't know what we would want to do with that character, unless you guys know someone who's good at well. Uh, sound here's effects. the thing. Why do you have? We can totally do that in post. It doesn't have to be on yeah, screen. But that's true. Although that was like the big pull is that uh, Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow's really doing the doing most of those noises. Yeah, I mean, yeah. then you guys said then we have to go find someone regardless. I of have how someone who did, who did uh, that can do well. I just looked at this totally with the idea of just like whatever sound effects they can do we can just do in post fair enough and okay. the gag's still there but um i just went with chris red who's chris red chris red from snl oh okay yeah cool and pop star right yeah. pop star is an amazing movie yeah my uh my larvel jones is reggie watts ah that's a good idea yeah because yeah. yeah. he he's Certainly does love like um, like the sound effects with his music and everything. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the idea of him having a soundboard with him, and it gets taken away, and then he like reaches into a pocket and pulls out a second soundboard. Yeah, yeah, that would be right. good. Yeah, Reggie Watts is good. Uh, and so that that was kind of the idea I had for him. Just it was literally the only person I could think of who could do crazy noises and sounds like that. I would cast Reggie Watts. I changed my answer to Reggie Watts. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Watts works. All right, who do you guys have for Karen Thompson? Kara Thompson. I didn't do this on purpose, but I realize it now that I put Tessa Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> you is Tessa Thompson her daughter? No, that would be great. Though. I, uh, I also wrote Tessa Thompson. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I gotta Tessa look her Thompson. up because if you both wrote, wrote Tessa Thompson, then we're probably gonna have to go with it. Well, you know who she is. Do I? Yeah, she was in Ragnarok. Who is she in? 
Oh. Sold. <laughs> That's well, I mean, like, awesome. I, I don't know. She that, was that one, great. Yeah. Th- this one was, I feel like, the most wide open one. Because Kim Cattrall's character doesn't really do anything. Yeah, well, we'd have to expand. I'd want to expand oh, the role. Sir. Oh, I mean, like, the role of most of the main characters. Because, like, yeah. the movie as is, why are half of these people here? Yeah, exactly. I, like, I would totally change the whole uh, Karen Thompson role and just mm-hmm. make her someone who's just, like, really into the idea of, like, changing the system from within to end bigotry. I'm perfectly comfortable yeah. with her being, like, the lead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Like, her being, idea. like, the stoic lead and then, like, like the Joel McHale is like the one who's like yeah and then she like puts him in his place is like no this is what's oh happening oh you're absolutely right I that's... would love to see someone put Joel McHale in their place even if it is just a character like I don't know a person <laughs> that's a good idea so Karen Thompson should actually be the lead yeah absolutely with Carrie uh, especially if we're doing Tessa Thompson uh, I had yeah. Olivia Munn but Tessa Thompson's <laughs> way better yeah right. uh, cool I like that a lot. And okay, so we're flipping those and that works for me. Yeah. Uh so for our kind of like antagonistic obnoxious Lieutenant Harris, who do you guys have? Um I had two guys written down. I had um Alden Ehrenreich. Who is from <laughs> where? Baby Driver? Oh no, he, he, the new Han Solo. Yeah, the new Han Solo. He was in um Hail Caesar as the country guy. Oh uh, um, that was mostly just because he looks like the actor who plays Lieutenant Harris in the original. Um, but the other person I had that I think would be great in it is Billy Eichner. Okay. <laughs> that is a left field pick. Right? You but think Billy Eichner think would be there supporting the established hierarchy? I think it would be great to just hear Billy Eichner, like see Billy Eichner as a cop talking shit to recruits. Just like, uh, I don't know, his personality I think would be uh, real fun for that. It might be a little too like, comedic, but Yeah, I like but I feel it. like we'd want him to be on our side instead of against us. Well, I mean, this was casting that was done pre-us establishing that this movie is about, like, social change. That Fair enough. Fair. So this is just based I on think, the character. I think those are inspired choices. Indeed. Absolutely. I, however, would go with Patton Oswalt as the Lieutenant Harris character. Ring the bell. Patton Oswalt. Is he believable as a cop, though? Yeah, especially, come on. Like, that guy was, like, totish and, like, you know, older and clearly, like, like, the way that, like, Patton Oswalt is now is just, like, he's old enough where he's, like, a cop who's, like, had put in his time and is now, like... A, Behind a desk? Yeah, exactly, like, in that role. Like, not so... I just think that he can nail, like, <coughs> the screaming and, like, all the obnoxiousness of the character. Yeah, but I feel like uh, with Patton Oswalt, there would be a lot of, like, more physical humor. And there's already a and character that kind of absor- absorbs it, it, that. It'd be a lot of like him walking up to someone be, and being shorter than them, and then having yeah. to like look down and like it would be you look me in the eyes, private. But this guy is, sh- but this guy Lieutenant Harris is short. He's not short. Yeah, he's yeah, he was really short compared to Hightower. He was shorter than most people in the movie. He, he was like average size. His weird build. fascination with his like walking stick was so weird. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. I didn't get that. Right. Like oh, I thought he... that was gonna get paid off, and it never did. I feel like uh, Patton Oswalt would be he like, the viewed as too like bumbling. Down. Yeah, uh, Sergeant Callahan had one too, but like Lieutenant Harris was the only one who was like polishing his little stick. Mm. Uh, my casting for it was an actor named Adrian Pistar, who I know as uh, it's this guy. I pulled him up on my phone. He's in Agents of Shield. He's uh, General Talbot. Uh, oh. in Agents of Shield he has a mustache. He's in um, I don't know some other things I've seen him in. Probably. I could see him in that role. 
I just I went for the one for one. Apparently he's in Heroes. He's in Top Gun. Heroes, that's it. He's the older brother in Heroes. Okay, he's running for Senate. Oh yeah, that's who he is. Yeah. Oh, oh I like him okay. even more now. Yeah. All that, right. Yeah. That's yeah, kind he, of who he's I a good pick Be- yeah. because he's that right amount of like he's not physically intimidating, but like his position and demeanor are like more intimidating. Yeah. yeah. You could still Adrian easily what? like uh, Adrian Pastar. P A S D A R. I don't know why it matters that I spell it right. But... <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then, if we're going to go with Adrian Pastar, let's do a flip and let's talk about who we have for our our big intimidating person for Moses Hightower. For me, what I wrote down is um, I literally wrote down Moses Hightower. We need a wrestler. Paul and Tim, yes. who do you got? I was thinking about this and... Um... I actually went a non-wrestling route, though I did definitely think to get an athlete, just because up until the end, his role is so small, and it's just based on his size. Well, Bubba Smith was an athlete. Oh, was he? He was a football player. Oh, well, I even wrote down, <laughs> football player? <laughs> like, just, I don't know, some guy. Who, who's charismatic? Um, I did write an actor's name, though. I wrote Chad L. Coleman. He was in uh, season four of The Wire. He played Cuddy, the boxer. Uh-huh. Um, he's just a large guy. He's an actor. He, uh, he, you know, he's he's a large uh, black actor. He's physically intimidating, but he can also act. So, if not, I'm sure there are plenty of professional athletes who would love to have a movie deal. There's only one guy who can play Mo- Moses Hightower, and that's Braun Strowman. Oh, <laughs> Braun. Strowman. Rod Strowman. Strowman with the W. He used to be a professional strongman before he got into uh, professional wrestling. So yeah. he could do like a lot and of you the... feel comfortable taking a part away from a black guy? <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> I'm kidding. We just gave... I know. I know I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at this picture and this is a gigantic dude. Yeah. Oh, he's a monster among men. And he can flip cars. Can he? Yeah. All yes. right. <laughs> he has flipped a semi-truck on television. Has he? Mm-hmm. That's messed up. I mean, not the whole trailer, just the cab. Braun Strowman. We all know it was real. <laughs> yeah, no one got help at all. He flipped an ambulance before that. He's a strong guy. And He's I think he'd be an excellent dude. florist. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and like when you watch him in like uh, the WWE, he's like he can do comedy. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he, funny. he's got um, he's got a very composed voice, so he can do deadpan humor. Ooh, it's great. Good. All right, I love that. And honestly, I would love to see this guy just like trimming trees and and arranging flowers, and I think that that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, great, Braun Strowman. I love it. We can even fit in. An I'm not finished with you. <laughs> uh, who do you guys have for? Uh, our bumbling commander. Um, I'll open up with mine. Uh, like the like the guy with the fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's good. Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I went Pierce Brosnan. Interesting. Oh, I would love Pierce Brosnan to just play like a Magoo-esque character. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so great. To, to just hear his voice and just be like, no, it's my friend's fish. <laughs> I just feel like he could like, he would play it straight, but... Because, but I think that's the key there to like get an actor who can like really play it straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like uh, saying things that are just he's clearly not together. Yeah, he's yeah. like senility slowly starting to take him, but he's still completely stoic about it. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be super interesting. Uh, I wrote down a few. I wasn't too sure on this one. Uh, I wrote Bill Murray as one. Okay. Okay. He's a bit big of a name for the role. Um, in the same vein, I also put Willem Dafoe. 
Just because I, I think he would be interesting as it. Um, and I also put Betty White. <laughs> just because I think she would be pretty funny in that role. Uh, she might be a bit too old for it. I but, think so. Uh, I, I like think, the idea of Willem Dafoe. I though. think Willem Dafoe is the best of those three. Yeah. And so, okay, so between Pierce Brosnan and Willem Dafoe, because they're kind of similar ideas for casting, like older actors, although Pierce Brosnan I think is older yeah. than Willem Dafoe. I think they're uh, both. Yeah, I think Brosnan is older than Dafoe. Brosnan but is. I think Dafoe would be really good for uh, the commander Henry Hurst, the guy who's like, mm. this is what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's like what that. I would save Defoe for, and I would put Pierce Brosnan in as uh, the commandant. commandant. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Unless you guys had someone better for Commander Henry Hurst than nothing. Uh, well, character. Defoe's good. Oh, I just wrote Alec Baldwin because I assumed he was going to be a bigger character, and then he disappeared from the movie. <laughs> No, Willem Dafoe, that'd be good for, like, a cameo. <laughs> Do you guys know why he's named Willem Dafoe? No. Because his name is actually William, but there was a William in the Union, so he's Willem. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's great. I think that's right. But his name, is, like, was actually William, and he changed it. Just like uh, Emma Stone's real name is Emily, but there was already an Emily Stone in the Union. Huh. Cool. So, we've got a couple other people that I forgot to cast. So, let's jump down and hit those guys and gals first. For glasses guy. The clumsy glasses guy. Oh, you mean the guy who features heavily in the second scene of the movie and then disappears until the very end? And until, when he a starts name? a riot? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for him, I just put Martin Starr because the guy kind of looked like Martin Starr. I get that. And, you know, Martin Starr is a known name, but I feel like he's not so big that he would be above that role. Absolutely. And this is one of those comedies where they're just going to, like, get everybody. Yeah. And I cast very similarly, like, I cast, like, the one-for-one, the guy who looks kind of like him, who'll cover the same thing. I did Paul Rust, who's the other, uh, uh, opposite Jillian Mm -hmm. Jacobs in Love. Have not seen it. Neither have I. But, but, like, in terms of, like, demeanor and, like, kind of... Physicality. Physicality and just, like unearned confidence where there should be none yeah. that seemed right uh paul who did you have oh ed, yeah that fits ed helms ed helms Ooh, i want to put ed helms somewhere more interesting i like ed helms yeah but it also would be super fun if you have ed helms and then just don't use him <laughs> like I ed mean, helms just walks in and goes there ed helms. there's precedent movies of just like name actors still and this is what's the name of the podcast, Sam. An ideal remake. All right, so I don't need to worry about rules. I don't think so. I'm talking about my ideal remake. Okay. Ed Helms as the glasses guy. <laughs> Whose name none of us know. I, I mean, thought his wife three... would make a comeback at least. Yeah, She's his wife on the was hood awesome. She was an Olympian. Was she? Like, and it so the person, like it. Well, the person actually doing the leaps and jumps, was it the same actress no. as the one? No, because it was definitely a stunt. Definitely. That, okay. that, that is the most interesting character in the whole thing, because he just magoos his way into beating his wife on the way out the door in the morning, and then out of nowhere, she just vaults over all these fences, chases down a station wagon, and then rides it on the hood all the way to the police academy. When she gets never flipped see off her again. and then disappears. Yeah. Why was she chasing him down? Why was she he beating her accidentally? She did not want him to be a police officer. She was worried about him. She thought he'd get hurt because he's a klutz. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure she's got a few bruises to prove how klutzy he is. Yeah. Because, like, she gets nailed in the head with, like, an elbow and a suitcase back to back. That's And a car she, door. She gets 
She gets an elbow too? I think so. Yeah. She at least gets a suitcase and a car door. That said, that that sequence where she's like leaping over everything, diving in the pool just to get in front of the car, that was awesome. Yeah. That was a fun little uh I, like we would have to recast her as like some Olympic gymnast if we were to recast her, but I don't know. That's just one of those things where you just gotta get the person at the time. Yeah. yeah. But I have no idea who to recast this glasses guy. Does it matter? I mean, do, do we even have glasses guy in our remake? He doesn't have a name. That's true. But do we, how about we just cut glasses guy? All right. Yeah. I'm for we, we can give that fun uh, wife chasing him down scene to a different character. Anyone. That can go to um, Tessa Thompson's mother. Like, you are not yeah. <laughs> Like, that'd make it the, the older lady who's like, my no daughter of mine. Oh, that'd be so... Yeah, uh, just based on the opening of that movie, I was looking at it, it's like, all right, here's the 80s, uh, you know, the tropes for a comedy movie. Steve Gutenberg's the Bill Murray, and then Glasses Guy is the Harold Ramis. Yeah. And then Harold Ramis just didn't show up in the movie. My guess is that he's in a lot more of the movie since... And I'm just guessing it all got cut. Yeah. Because this is... Like, a lot of these movies get made in the editing room, right? Like, yeah. I certainly know that's what happened with uh, Caddyshack. Mm. They just... And I know that because of the, uh, uh, what's the movie that just came out? The, um, A Useless and Futile Gesture. Oh, um, yeah. And they talk about a little bit how they're just like, we didn't have a script. We just like had fun on a golf course, loaded up with cocaine. Woo! Let's make a movie. We hated that gopher. Yeah. Yeah, basically. But yeah, so like, let's just leave him on the cutting room floor. Sure. I mean, I think the only reason they left him in is for that awesome sequence with the wife. Yeah. And because he was the one who started the riot. Yeah. yeah. He actually does nothing. He's right on a suit. That's yep. fair. I'll give that to him. Oh, and he throws his uh, he throws his apple out the window. Of yeah, the that's what I said. Yeah, try listening. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I thought I might have missed something in the movie, and then it was just like, oh no, 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 the apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah, Apple yeah. Day. Those guys were walking. Those two random black guys who also had a bag full of apples. Clearly, it was them. Yeah, I mean Riot. the Apple Depot was just going out of business, and yeah. everyone was loading up on apples. Luckily, we'll always have apples, apples, apples. Yes. Or just go downtown to the Apple store. No, that's different. Um, okay, so let's talk about Copeland and Blanks. Uh, our the Stooges. Our two Stooges. I picked up, um, uh, because I think they'd be good in the roles, uh, Bill Hader and Danny McBride. As just the obnoxious white dudes? Yes. As, as just like the, uh, you know, uh, non-capable... Uh, white guys who just get promoted because of how they look and they kind of get dickheadish with power because of it. Especially Danny McBride. Yeah. Bill Hader, I think, would just I mean, be good I mean, it would be Danny McBride basically doing his role in uh, Vice Principals, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, Danny McBride? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Danny McBride playing the role of Danny McBride? This is my hat now. This is totally my hat. Who's the guy that he plays opposite in... Uh... Walton Goggins. Oh, yeah, Walton Goggins also. He's, He's amazing. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's amazing in most things. I, for uh, Copeland and Blanks, I kind of went a little bit the other way, and I kind of wanted to go, like, the standard white jock, like, square jaw, and then I just wanted them to be completely incompetent. So I cast Liam and Luke Hemsworth, the other two Hemsworth brothers. Because I just want them to be poorly acting, not like just being these beefy guys who just can't do anything right. Interesting. Paul? Uh, I went the complete other way and I casted Kevin Hart and Dion Cole. That would be fun. As the uh, enforcers of the old guard? Yeah. 
Who's Dion Cole? Dion Cole. He's a comedian. He's a comedian. He's been on. He's on Blackish, and he was on uh, Angie Tribeca. Who was he on Angie Tribeca? The black detective. Oh, the one who was partnered with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I've not seen that show, but based on that sentence, I think I might want to check it out. If <laughs> someone's like it. got a, if it's a buddy cop show about a guy and a dog, it's uh, not. It's a uh, but I love both of those characters. The, the uh, dog. Uh, what happens in the show is that this actor, his name is Dionkle. Dionkle. Basically, he his partner is a German Shepherd, and they treat the German Shepherd just like they do any other member of the police force. Like they get have him go get files, get coffee, do all these different things, but it's still just a German Shepherd going and doing all those things. That's amazing. It's fantastic. I I really enjoyed the first season. It's super weird. I enjoyed the first oh, season of that say. show, and then second season they lost me a little bit. Well, the first season because they had that big marathon, right? Yeah, because it's like they released all the episodes in like but a week. Didn't they just air them one after the other? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Like here's the entire Wait, first season of this they, show. They broadcast. They binge broadcast it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. It was that's, wild. That's a terrible idea. Of <laughs> Did it? Yeah. It got a lot of buzz. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for that reason, yeah. But I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna sit there for ten hours and watch the whole thing. I mean, I mean, it also then went to Hulu immediately. I mean, yeah. I didn't sit and watch it for ten hours, but it was cool to like check in on. Yeah. Because then they had they, it turned it. It was it was like a TV special. It wasn't like they just aired it. Like they had like in between segments of like. Gotcha. The studio and just mm-hmm. like, oh, let's uh, check in with our correspondent. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know if that. I don't think that show gets as much respect as it deserves because it's actually super clever. It it's the smartest dumb show. Yeah, it's very Naked Gun. Yeah, super Naked Gun. That was not what I was expecting by the name at all. Like based on the name, I thought it was going to be you know some like artsy show that like. You, you know, your friends that talk about their favorite brunch spots would talk about how moving it is or whatever, and you would just be like, yeah, maybe later. How many of the posters did you see for this show? Yeah. None. Okay. Not a, one. okay. a couple of the posters, it's just like the a main cop standing in a row just looking stoically into the distance, surrounded by palm trees, and the fourth cop is the German Shepherd. Another one was Angie Tribeca, so Rashida Jones, standing like... Staring oh, she's in the middle in distance? Yeah, I she know knows nothing she's about this Angie Tribeca. I know nothing about so this So why show. did you cast all these aspersions about what it was? He just didn't know. Just <laughs> based on the name. Know. Just based on the name and how people reacted. Like, it's oh, you have to see it. It's, it's like, an interesting hey, name. Okay. I don't know if it's the best name for the show for exactly that reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a comedy. But you can't it sounds call like it, a drama. But you can't, that's the thing, because it's yeah. very Naked Gun. Like, they got it. It's like... They're, everyone's playing it straight on the show. Oh, yeah. Super straight. I don't know who I want to make our two cadet jerks because maybe we, all... we can do a maybe we can do a combination. Yeah, because who would you have? Liam and Luke Hemsworth. I feel like they're a pair, and I'm perfectly happy to go with your guys's. What about Kevin Hart and Danny McBride? Let's do it. All right, <laughs> all right. Kevin Hart, Danny McBride. Which is which? Um, I feel like Kevin Hart is Copeland. Yes, because I put Danny McBride as Kyle Blanks. Good. <laughs> which one of them has the uh, conservative flag on his car? Uh, Let's go with neither of them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can write that. <laughs> that works for me. Just, just not have that because it's bad and no one likes it. They, they're, they're bumbling people who defend the system because uh, they uh, got promoted to their own level of incompetence, mm-hmm. and they want to keep having that, and they don't want to have to actually work for a living. They, 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 they were the guys who didn't it. get fired. Yeah, in the mass purge. I mean, uh-huh. then I don't know why they're at. Uh, the, they didn't get fired, but they got they got told they had to go back to police. They have academy. to redo their training. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah, exactly. Or, or even not that. They're just plants. 
Mm-hmm. Instead of just having them be other recruits, they're just, yeah. no, yeah. you guys have been cops for a while. We just need you to be in there to intimidate them and to be so good at this that no one else thinks that they're good enough. And yeah, so they quit. there we go. You, you, you have to is. go back for some extra sensitivity training. That, that kind of thing. A little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's great. Cool. Easy, easy workaround. Who'd you guys have for Leslie Barbara? Uh, the... G- the guy who's in the movie because he's overweight, so all of the jokes are going to be about him being overweight. Yep. Um, I just went with Felipe Esparza, just because he's a larger comedian, and um, cool. I think it would be fun. Plus, there's like no Hispanic people in the movie at all. So. That's a good reason to go with him. I also ca- I also cast an overweight comedian, uh, Leonard Oust Oust O U Z T S, because he's an overweight comedian. Uh, he's a black guy, and like, like, like a lot of the things about him, like he, he, his eye acting is amazing, and that's kind of what you would expect for this sort of thing in this role. But I think we could use some some Hispanic talent in this as well. Uh, Paul, who did you have? Uh, I put Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I get Ooh. that. I see that too. Um, yeah, I also wrote as a as an honorable mention, Lil from, uh, oh, out. yeah, from Get Out. Yeah. Let's do uh, your first suggestion, Cam. Uh, spell that guy's name. Uh, Felipe, F-E-L-I-P-E. Esparza, E-S-P-A-R-Z-A. Great. Though, that said, I do like the idea of doing a couple gender flips, and I did that for the next two. I uh, did a gender flip for both George Martin and for Tackleberry. Martin. George Martin. Yeah. George Martin. Right. So what'd you get? For George Martin, I cast Kate Blanchett. Okay. okay, cool. So instead of being a ladies' man, she's a guy's lady. Ooh. So just like, can you imagine Kate Blanchett rolling up with just a car full of like uh, young, attractive guys? She's like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna go do this." She just takes off. That's good. That'd, that'd be like fun. That. Uh, and I just thought that'd be fun and makes it a little bit more palatable considering how George the Martin character. was in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with yours. <laughs> uh, I wrote Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Just because that seems like a character he would play. Yeah, it does. That's why I don't like him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not Hot big, takes. I'm not a big fan of Sasha Baron Cohen. I used to be. I Yeah, I was too, and now then I thought about it. Now he's gross. Yeah. I haven't seen him in anything recently. Oh, That's probably why. Movies stop making money. Did we already do Hooks? No, no, we haven't. Do you want to do hooks now, or do you want to do tackleberry? Let's do hooks. All right, hooks or Callahan now. Uh, Let's do hooks. Then we'll do Callahan. Then we'll do tackleberry. All right. For hooks, hooks was really tough for me because I wanted to have a black comedian, and I but like kind of be meek and not. I did some research and I found a comedian named Cheryl Underwood, but I'm not necessarily attached to that. I went with uh, a meek comedian, uh, Martha Kelly. Tell me about her. She's on Baskets. Right oh, now, okay. And she plays. Oh, that's what Hulu keeps trying to get me to watch. It's I supposed to be baskets. very good. I love really? Baskets. Yeah, um, like everyone I know who's, especially people who are comedians who've watched it, love it. Or no, it's FX that keeps trying to get me to yes. do it. Anytime I watch like yeah. Atlanta on the app, it's like, all right, you're gonna watch Baskets now, right? And it's like, no. <laughs> I don't want to watch this show. I don't know anything about it yet. I don't, I don't really know. know anything about it either. But one of my clients is in marketing at FX, so mm-hmm. the, every like I see him like every few months and every the one of the times i went in that he was working on a promo for baskets and it was uh the mom mm-hmm. uh and it was it was just silly and i had no idea that the mom was played by a dude louis anderson yeah i had no clue <laughs> and yeah, i no. found out months later there's just like great 
like jokes that aren't it's just like weird details it's just like Zagonat Galifianakis plays Chip Baskets that's his name and then he has a twin brother named Dale Oh, really? Rescue so, Ranger? Yeah, so, his yeah. Mom, so, but then, so, but, and their mom is Christine Baskets, Louie Anderson, and it's just a weird detail that she had twins and then adopted a second set of twins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cam, who did you have for the burnouts? Well, I'm glad we could lead it in with that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I put down Susan Park. I don't know who that who, is. Um, have you seen the series Fargo? Not the movie, but the show? I haven't seen either. Yeah, I've seen the show. Uh, she is the other woman at the insurance company that oh, Martin yeah. Freeman marries. She also plays Walter Goggins' wife oh, in, um, Vice Principals. in Vice Principals. Oh. She's yeah. good. I like her, that. The, she, she's yeah. very meek. Um, I'll trust yeah. your judgment. Say your name again. Susan, Susan Park. Park. That's good. I like that. Great. And so now we're doing... Sergeant Callahan and the Tackleberry? Yeah. All right. For Sergeant Callahan, I kind of wanted to go with the one for one just because, like, the whole concept was just, like, this badass, awesome uh, sergeant in the police force who kind of, like, starts being, like, I'm against you, but kind of gets convinced to be on their side. Or is just, like, eh, I'm kind of, like, warming up to these guys. Also, I had sex with the weird one. Mm. Anyway, um, I did Adrian Palicki. Who's that? Oh. Uh. Okay, She's yeah. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was Mockingbird. And then in the new uh, Orville TV show, the Seth MacFarlane thing, she's the... She was in G.I. Joe Retaliation. She's also in well, G.I. Joe Retaliation. <laughs> I have not seen either of those movies, but I've seen one episode of Orville. Or, or I'm sorry, you mentioned she's Agents the of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's the ex-wife. The ex-wife. I don't know. I saw one random episode. All right. I don't know. Was she the alien? No. No. Okay. She's the blonde one. Just don't worry. If you okay. Don't, you don't know who it is. Look her up on your phone. Know. Or like. What was the name again? About it. Adrienne Palicki. 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 Well, Cam looks that up. Paul, who did you have? I went with uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah. Gal Gadot is however she pronounces her last name. <laughs> uh, obviously, she would be amazing at the role. Yep. And it would be a chance to see her do some comedy. Yeah. Which she was very good at uh, when she was on SNL. Was she? Yeah. I good. liked her a lot on Great. SNL. I'm for that. Cam, who did you have for Sergeant Callahan? For Sergeant Callahan, just because I've seen uh, Pineapple Express, I went with Rosie Perez. Oh, I know that name. Oh, wait, Rosie Perez. Yeah, she's the female cop in Pineapple Express. She She's, uh, she's a good actress. I like her. She Does plays she a good cop. Do the right thing? I haven't. I, I recognize her, but I've never actually seen her in anything. White well, I man can't jump. I would personally lean a little bit more towards Gal Gadot, just because... I mean, if we're doing Ideal Remake, getting Wonder Woman to be our, our uh, sergeant would kind of be pretty impressive. Yeah. Sure. So let's talk about Tackleberry. Who'd you guys have for your gun-toting lunatic? I had two picks. I had Eric Edelstein, who's a, he's a comedian. He's a large guy. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Green Room, he plays the bouncer. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the guy that won't let them uh, leave yeah. the green room. Okay. Makes um, sense. Yeah. And the other one I had was Chris Pratt, just because I think he would have a fun time playing a crazy guy. Yeah, I think that's pretty good casting for that, actually. I would put Terry Crews. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I like that. I, I like, like that, too. Terry Crews. My Tackleberry, I made Leslie Jones. Ooh, oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, just that's a fun one. Wild eyes, yeah. crazy, just like, this yeah. is what's going on! Yeah, I Leslie think Jones. Leslie Jones is the best one. Alright, I love Terry Crews, though. I think we recast him oh, what did we recast him as 
We just used him in a movie just because he's amazing. Well, there's one... Uh, we did all those roles, but there's one that we invented that we need oh, to yeah. cast. The main the bad main guy. Villain. Well, we oh, have main bad guy. Okay. As he's listed in the credits. As he's listed in the credits, but we can just make him be, you know, more. Uh, I went with Stellan Skarsgård just because I was going for, like, the one-for-one mm-hmm. creepy weirdo who, like, wild eyes. Yeah. But then I realized it could really just be any Skarsgård. <laughs> any of them any any, any scars guard will do uh, get pennywise on it yeah basically for the main bad guy that was the last one i cast and i wrote john ham just because fuck it <laughs> you know? like, i feel like he would have fun playing a you know a comical villain and i also had you know adam scott for the main character and they like each other in real life they're Aww. friends they're friends john uh, ham's really good in baby driver he is yeah I uh, I reimagined the whole character to be this uh, to be a boss lady, a crime Ooh, boss. Like it, and I'm casting Tiffany Haddish. Ooh. Ooh! All right, I I'm almost immediately sold on it. Tell us about Tiffany Haddish. Oh, Tiffany Haddish recently had that uh, the breakout role in Girls Trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's totally on the rise she's absolutely hilarious she's a comedian and then like she had hosted snl in the recent season if not no yeah last mm-hmm. season no this season i think she's got two movies coming out too yeah she has one with kevin hart coming out and i think she has a second one and that like well because two of the trailers in front of infinity war i think she was in the trailer of course i don't know i'm that sounds great i'd happily go with tiffany haddish cool you all right with that i am good right, with tiffany haddish. Cool. but i want to make her like main enforcer john ham Sure. I like that. Uh, oh, 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 I even like that as a as a like a swerve reveal, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden it's just John Hamm, and as soon he's like, "Gentlemen, if you'll follow me, she's right behind me." Yeah, <laughs> or, one of those. Know, like absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah, that's great. Gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I'll show you to the boss's office. And uh, would you like any waters? Would we like to come up with a name for these two bad guys, or we'll let the writers deal with that? We'll let the writers deal with that. Yeah, sure. Oh man, Tiffany Haddish and John Hamm's a crazy combination. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's super fun. We've got our cast, but who's going to put pen to paper? Who's going to create the world of Police Academy? Now, sometimes people like to do a, a writer director. I have a writer and I have a director. What do you guys do? I did a writer director. So, a single person? Single people. Single team. Oh, got it. Um, I did a mix of both. Okay, walk us through it, Cam. Well, for a writer, I put down two options. Put down Judd Apatow, of course, so that's the writer director. And then uh, the other writer I wrote down is Rebecca Blunt, who did Logan Lucky. Mm. Oh, just I looked at oh, Logan you Lucky. Mean, you mean the supposed? Yeah, yeah Rebecca exactly. Blunt, who might just yeah, it's that's her thing. only credit is writing that movie. People think it's a pen name. Oh, uh, yeah. for who? Probably Soderbergh. Uh, uh, all right, uh, I heard someone said that it was uh, like Soderbergh's wife or something. Could be either. Like that. But, but either way, but people think it's the a, only thing she's done. It's her only own, thing. That's the quote only she's done. IMDb credit. It's her. It's her only credit, and no one who worked on the movie ever met. Yeah, and got it's it. Like, and she's like listed as like, and the explanation is, well, she lives in London. <laughs> <laughs> so it's some mysteriousness there. Well, so whoever then, Rebecca Blunt is, yeah. that's <laughs> definitely a pen name. <laughs> well, I thought well, it was major reckless. Um, like the Queen wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting because Police Academy doesn't really have a villain and it doesn't really have like a linear 
plot, you know, it doesn't really have a through line. And Logan Lucky doesn't really have a villain either, but they right. make it work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if anyone could take a movie with a odd plot structure and make it work, then this person could. Um, and then the other director I put was Hiro Murai. Oh, who does, Atlanta. Um, yeah, Atlanta. Uh, well, 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 hold on, let's, let's just deal with writer first. Sure. So th- those are your pitch for writer? Yeah. Uh, okay. The supposed Rebecca Blunt or Judd Apatow. I also had two options. Um, my first thought was I like went through and I pulled up the writer for Game Night, which is a, a writer oh, yeah. Mark Matt Paris. Francis Kelly, right? No? Uh, he might have been the director, but the writer's a guy named Oh, Paris. you're right. My bad. Is uh, John Francis Kelly the guy from Freaks and Geeks? Yes. Did, uh, what did he do? Waiting? Did he direct He was waiting? in it. No, he didn't direct it. Oh, he was just in it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I pulled Mark Perez, but that's like the only thing he's written and it, and like in 12 years. So it feels like that sort of script that he was just sitting on and tweaking and finagling mm-hmm. and working on for years and years and years. And while it was good, I need someone who's a little bit more prolific than that. So I also pulled up the writing team of Andrew J. Cohen and Brendan O'Brien. Uh, they did Neighbors, Neighbors 2, The House. Okay. So in terms of like modern sensibility for a comedy... That's who I had. Makes sense. Well, I have the same team serving as both writer and director, and that is the team of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Got it. That's fair. I can see that. They did 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, yeah. the Lego movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's the, a good um, fit. And uh, Last Man on Earth. Yeah, okay. they developed that. And then there was another animated movie. Uh, it's not an animated movie. I thought they just did the TV show about all the... Clone High. Oh, I've seen a few episodes of that yeah. from back in the day where they have, like, Abe Lincoln and Cleopatra. Yeah, and, and Gandhi. Uh, jo- John F. Kennedy and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, JFK's, yeah. yeah. Gandhi's his buddy. Yeah. That's a good... I don't know if we ever used Chris Lord and Phil Miller. That's interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, when we were talking about it, uh, I was immediately thinking, like... yeah, Phil Lord. A... Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Chris Miller. Because oh, okay. I know a Chris Lord. Because they got fired from Solo. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and oh, they got replaced nice. by uh, Ron Howard. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's Ron Howard. If someone's going to replace you. Yeah. Cam, who'd you have for director? For director, I had um, Judd Apatow. Right, Judd Apatow. And um, Hiro Murai. H-I-R-O-M-U-R-A-I. Tell us what Hiro Murai has done. Um, he's done a bunch of episodes of Atlanta. Like I'd say the majority of the episodes of Atlanta. And he's also... He, he directed episodes of another show I've been watching. So it's mm-hmm. either Barry... Or Silicon Valley on oh, HBO, either one of them. I think it's Barry, mm. just because that's more recent. But yeah, don't know anything else he's done besides <laughs> that, or anything like about who he is as a person. But um, I really like uh, the job he does on Atlanta. Fair. Claudio for Chance of Meatballs. Oh, I love that, that movie. That was the animated movie they did. I own that movie. <laughs> we could watch that movie right now. <laughs> oh, could we? Could we? And then we can remake it's so we never could it's it's perfect it is a perfect piece of the fact that you just brought up cloud of the chance of meatballs is a huge swing thing for me uh my director is a guy named jay uh chandras sakar oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh uh jay chandrasekhar yeah the guy from super troopers and yeah broken lizard yeah i was thinking about that too just because of the comedy and everything was having them do it and so that that was kind of my pitch like the having kind of but because he's connected to broken lizard i would be worried about like very the whole super broken troopy. well no but necessarily like all right I'm the director. Here's all my guys. Yeah, and that's true. not necessarily what you want for something like this because mm. his guys are great. They don't get but cast in anything else, really. They don't because they're always working together on their own thing. Yeah, but they don't work that often anymore, right? Not really. No. I mean, Jay, say the last name again. Chandra Sekar. Chandra Sekar was just in an episode of no, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. He was great. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so I like the idea of that kind of comedy and that kind of like directing. But the problem is that like all all of the baggage that comes with it. Not that that baggage is bad, but yeah. so that was kind of my thought. Kind of warps the casting, uh, bringing him as the director. Yeah, I don't know. He did Dukes of Hazard, and he only casted Kevin Heffernan, so we just have to have Kevin Heffernan somewhere in the movie. <laughs> well, sorry, Leslie Jones, we've got a different tackle. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly uh, where he would go too, because I mean it's pretty close to Fargo. Yeah, yeah. But I really do like I Leslie make, Jones in that role. I, I don't know. Fargo might replace Danny McBride. Oh That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be good there. I don't know. I like Jerry Sanders. Yeah, yeah. However you say it, Chandra Seka. I, I like the director from Atlanta, but I also, I mean, I love uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Sounds like the project's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, they're difficult to work with, but... Well, maybe... I'm excited for the summer blockbuster. Maybe Phil Lord and Christopher Miller can just write it. And then someone of color can direct the movie about race relations and the police force? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's go with, uh, because it's our ideal remake, Phil Lord and Chris Miller as our writers. Who was uh, your director of Atlanta? Hiro Murai. Let's go with Hiro Murai. Hiro Murai. I'm Future. not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, but I'm pretty sure I got Hero correct. Yeah, you know, everyone knows Music him. videos, a lot of those, Atlanta, Legion, and an episode of Barry. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it was Barry. And, I guess, yeah. and so I guess he's never done a movie? Never done a movie, but... Are, I mean, are the things he's directed, do they totally match what we want for uh, Police Academy? Atlanta's a comedy. I don't. Barry's a comedy. There's a comedy. There's different kinds. Yeah, of I don't comedy. think. I don't know if it's tonally what we want yeah. though. I think Jay Chandrasekhar has the more tone. Yeah, more of the tone that we want for this. I remake. think you're probably right. his would be a lot more lighthearted. Yeah, for sure. All right. You know what? I think we've got a movie. Yeah. Let so, me do a rundown of uh, of our cast. So, yeah. for our Police Academy reboot, which. We're going to set modern day. It's going to be a little bit more. Our Karen police. Thompson the reason the... why the police, the people are in the police academy, is because the half the police force was fired because mm. they were bad and corrupt and were beating up minorities, and so they all got let go, which is what we want to happen. And so we're training up new recruits to replace them and be a better police academy. So we are starring Joel McHale as Carrie Mahoney, Tessa Thompson as our real lead, Karen Thompson. Lieutenant Harris is played by Adrian uh, Pastar. Commander Henry Hurst is Willem Dafoe. Commandant Lassard is Pierce Brosnan. Larvel Jones is Reggie Watts. Our two jerk cadets of Copeland and Blanks are Kevin Hart and Danny McBride. Laverne Hooks is going to be played by Susan Park. Our main bad guys, who are taking advantage of the fact that there's a power vacuum in the city, our unnamed city... Are going to be John Hamm faithfully serving his liege, Tiffany Haddish, the main scary bad guy. And then we've got Moses Hightower, who's going to be played by Braun Strowman. Braun! Sergeant Callahan is going to be Gal Gadot. Leslie Barbara is going to be Philippe Esparza. Uh, George Martin is going to be Kate Blanchett. So it's not George, Martin. it's George Martin. Georgina. Georgina Martin. Georgia. I don't know. Georgia, uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Martine is Kate Blanchett. Tackleberry is Leslie Jones. And for our writers, we have the amazing collaborative team of Phil Lord and Chris Miller. But they will be handing the reins over to our director, Jay Chandrasekhar, to helm Police Academy. 
That sounds like it could be a huge That's a hit. solid one. Like, yeah. Would you guys watch this movie? Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a I big summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, with that lineup, yeah. That's All right. a lot of money. Fun. Would you guys got anything to plug? Talk about your social media and where people can find you on the internet and things you want them to find out about you. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Paul Brawl. Uh, you can see Do my... Do you want to spell that? P-A-U-L-B-R-A-W-L. Great. Paul Brawl. You can come see me perform at the Ruby Theater on Sunset every Sunday at 9 o'clock on The Voltage and watch Ridiculousness on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> you do good work for that show, Paul. <laughs> Cam, what have you got? You can follow my Instagram. It's Cam and Cheese. K-A-M <laughs> underscore the letter N underscore C-H-E-E-Z. Yay! Um, and you can uh, follow my Twitter at Cam DeYoung. K-A-M-D-E-Y-O-U-N-G. As you uh, can watch me in real time debate switching to that as a stage name. So that really? be fun. Yeah, just because I feel like uh, it's easier to say. And it's still, like, a Dutch name. And you don't so. want to be associated with foot products? Well, yeah, that. But, like, no one ever looks at my full name written out on a, you know, on a mic list. And it's like, ah, I've got this one. I know how this goes. Fair enough. So it's just like, ah, I'll just make it easier on myself. I don't know. I keep going back and forth on it. Interesting. Yeah. I look forward to following and, and uh, riding the roller coaster of emotions connected to it. Yes. And who knows, when this comes out in two weeks, maybe we'll have an answer. Yes. And as always, I'm on Twitter at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake. And you can also hang out with us on the Facebook group where we talk about movies and what we messed up and forgot while we were doing the episode. So uh, give us a listen, give us a download, subscribe, and thank you very much for listening today. Bye, everybody. Thank you for your time. Bye.